0: Thank you for tuning in to Narda and Ministries Teaching Broadcast. I am Narda and your host. And today I have a word from the Lord. And this word will transform your life if you apply the principle of God's word through faith and obedience. And Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Father, once again, as I continue with this message, part two, with no condemnation, but with your sincere love and your truth, with clarity of thought and gravity of speech, and in boldness, Lord, let this word you have placed in my belly, be uttered. You are the refinement fire. And yes, God, you are constantly keeping the temperature of the flame lit to purge us so that we can be more like you, so that we can be transformed and mirror your image. And once again, we invite you. We give you permission to dig deep into our hearts. We invite you and ask you to invade our secret chambers those compartments, Lord, the secret vaults, Lord, God, ransacked through our dresser drawers and our closets where pretentiousness and hypocrisies are hiding. Find them and expose them by the power of your Holy Spirit. And as you expose them, Lord, we ask that you forgive us and cleanse us. Cleanse us, O oh God, from our sinful and wicked ways. Now, Holy Spirit, reveal the heart of the Father to us. Communicate his truth and all its purity so that we can understand and know what your perfect will is. Father, I ask that you shatter our ignorance with your knowledge, pulverize our ideologies, tear down our theories, our presumptions, and yes, our assumptions, and strip us of every religious habit, Lord, every powerless ritual, Lord God. Invade our religious mindset and uproot every and any false teaching and replace them with your sound wisdom and the knowledge of your truth. And create in us, O God, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within us. And now, Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In Yeshua's name, the name that is above every name. Amen and amen. Well, welcome to part two of a leprous and lofty conversation, we are entering into the courtroom. And last week, we covered a little bit of God's response to Aaron and Miriam's rebellion. So recapping a bit, today we are going to continue. And as we open the scene, this time it's in God's courtroom, the tent meeting where he separates the accused from the accuser. And as he instructs them to come out of the tent, we hear him say to Miriam that basically, you know, and and Aaron, you know, look, you guys aren't on the same level with Moses. Moses is hand picked, he's my hand picked leader of the nation of Israel. Moses is my chosen guy. And in this scene, we also get to witness that Moses never once interferes or objects, as we are often uh you know, we often see on TV and in, in the courts of law how it, it can just become a chaos. But Moses doesn't react to defend himself with bold or loud uh, self-righteous attitudes or words against his accusers. He doesn't take matters in his own hands. He doesn't even claim his own innocence. He doesn't quarrel or attempt to justify himself. He simply remains quiet. Quiet because he knows that God is just. Quiet because he knows that God is true. Quiet because he knows that God is righteous. And furthermore, Moses knew that God would act. And he did. Because there would be a price to pay for this rebellion. How many of us would have kept quiet? How many of us would have, had, have interrupted the judge or, or the courtroom and behaved emotionally and erratically self-righteous because we knew we were right? I believe this is a discreet – excuse me, I don't know what happened there, but anyway. This moment right here, it gives us a front row seat that teaches us how we should handle gossip and the slanderers in our lives, you lead them to God, who is the righteous Judge, because He is the one who will vindicate you. God calls them to the meeting place because it's a legal matter, and here we get to see God vindicating Moses. And and God says and does four things. I mean, He does some other things, but these four things particularly stand out. Number one. God exonerates him immediately by separating him from his accusers. He instructs Aaron and Miriam to step forward. Number 2, God validates his office by calling him faithful over his entire household, which was the nation of Israel and his ministry. Number 3, God exalts and honors him by saying he is the meekest man. What are you talking about? This man, he is the meekest man in all the earth. Number 4, God tells them that he speaks with Moses face-to-face, unlike with any other. But to the instigator of this gossip, which is Miriam, she receives four things. One, she is struck with leprosy, which brings me to number two. It requires her to be removed from the tent. So she gets sent outside. She gets put out because that's what sin does. Sin will separate you. It will separate me. Number three, she is put to shame, and to her shame, the camp of Israel cannot move forward. So she delays and and holds back the advancement, not just of a small group, not just of a one or two people, but of the entire congregation, the entire nation of Israel for seven days is held back until she is uh, complete in her restoration period. Number four. She's ostracized. Now she's lonely to be left with her sin, her shame, and her repentance. Miriam's slander suggested somehow that Moses, you know, had been contaminated like some, some kind of disease because he had married a Kushite woman, a, a dark-skinned Ethiopian woman. And it also denoted that because of this, he was not worthy of his office, you know, the office he held. Now, how do we conclude to this, Narda? Well, I'm glad you asked. In explanation or in explaining, listen, in the Lord's response in explaining the differences between their calling, their calling, this is where we can hear God rebuking Miriam, who seems to come, you know, he seems to confront her first. Again, not that not that Aaron isn't guilty because he is, and I prove it. If we go to verse two of Numbers. Chapter 12. Remember, they said, does he only speak through Moses? Does he not only speak through us too? In verse 3, God replies to that question. And he says, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you. Now I'm going to stop there for a moment. If there be a prophet among you because this is where he is pointing her out because remember in Exodus 15:29 Miriam was identified as a prophetess and that verse reads and Miriam the prophetess the sister of Aaron took a timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances okay so clearly he's addressing it to her first in verse 3 because she is the instigator of this open rebellion against her brother slander just doesn't magically appear it has a beginning it stems from an original source and if you're still not convinced it's okay hang with me keep listening because I know right about now you're probably wondering well what's about Aaron what's about Aaron now, I'm going to get to Aaron but I need to finish with Miriam now what exactly is leprosy from a physical standpoint Leprosy is a disfiguring disease. Leprosy is a chronic disease caused by a bacillus. Now, get this. When I did my research, bacillus is a rod-shaped bacterium. I want you to remember that, a rod-shaped bacterium. It is a b- bacteria that is pathogenic, meaning it's it causing disease. Now, last night, check this out. This is, this is, this is wild. Last night, I dreamt, and in my dream, I saw an image that sort of uh, resembled a stoma. Now, for those of you who don't know what a stoma is, it's part of the intestines, you know, the colon, that gets cut and then protrudes out from the side of the abdomen after surgery, and it gets covered with a bag so that the fecal matters can drain into it. And it's usually performed on patients that have or are battling colon cancer or have some other form of disease that's, you know, affecting the, the intestines or, the you know, the colon. Same thing, intestines. Now, while I was gazing at this stoma-looking thing, it protruded a bit more than, like, a normal-sized stoma would. So it gave it the appearance of, like, a a mushroom. And so this stoma mushroom looked like, you know, was sticking up and out from what appeared to be the earth, from the earth. But as the vision became clear, now this was this was just last night. As the vision becomes clear, it was actually n- not on the earth, but on the side of a human body. But I had to laugh, you know, because you know we are earth; <laughs> we came from earth. So seeing the earth initially it, it it sinks you know so i I kept observing you know, I continued to observe, and I noticed that its color was like pumpkinish, you know it wasn't white or cream it it was you no know, it wasn't darkened or black, but just earthy looking like a matte, rusty, dull pumpkin color, you know, not quite reddish and and as dark as the inside of the pumpkin meat, but just like a bit lighter in shade i mean that's kind of like the best way I can describe it but it, it, it had an umbrella like a mushroom has over it. And when I touched it, when I touched the, the, the it, you know, the mushroom has like, it's called a cat. So when I touched this cat, it fell off. And I was startled when it happened. But what I saw next frightened me. There appeared to be a circle that centered around the stem of the growth which, you know, could be classified as the root. And that center, that circle that stemmed around that, you know, the the growth, it was completely black. Now, on site, this was obscured and shielded by the cap or, you know, the umbrella that fell off. So you wouldn't normally see it. Only when the cap fell off was it exposed. And then from the stem, I saw the pistol and salmon, like you would, you know, like you would normally see on flowers. But then it did the oddest thing. The The things that looked like the pistol and salmon, you know, they looked like tiny noodles or, or better yet like tentacles. And they began to move in different directions. They began to wiggle, you know, like wiggle like worms or, or like plants you would see beneath the sea. The dream was over and... And then I awakened, which was this morning. And I thought to myself, "Man, you know what a crazy dream." And so I dismissed it, you know, jokingly, and I attributed it to the dinner I ate last night, you know. But throughout the day, the image of this creepy bacterium kind of lingered, you know. So then, as I'm reviewing my notes for tonight's teaching, because see, I didn't, I didn't have it all, you know. Sometimes God just downloads me the night of. I can go days before, and sometimes I'll get nothing, and then the night of, boom, he just gives that download, or like he did today. He gave me the rest of the download this morning. So when I hit the leprosy part, and that, that's where the two connected, the, the dream and this message. That's where the dream and the message, the leprosy part of this message where it sinks in for me. The dream was actually a Holy Spirit-inspired dream purposely intended to disclose a deeper truth of this teaching. Now let's get back to the leprosy and this rod-shaped bacterium called Bacillus. Bacillus Bacillus is a very diverse genus with more than 200 species that we know of. And one of them is called Mycobacterium leprae. So leprosy, which is also known as uh, Hansen's disease, is an infection that is caused by the slow-growing mycobacterium, the prey, and it can affect the nerves, the skin, the eyes, the lining of of the nose, which is the nasal uh, mucosa. Okay? So is it contagious? The answer is yes. Once a person is infected with mycobacterium leprae the incubation period can last anywhere from 9 months to 20 years and this is because again the m leprae the mycobacterium leprae replicate replicate extremely slowly they have a doubling time of 14 uh, uh let me see doubling time of oh, yeah, 14 days okay now, how is someone likely to contract um, leprosy? A person is most likely to get leprosy when the affected, infected person coughs or sneezes around you. Now, it is just said that it takes a lot of exposure to catch leprosy because the healthy person would have to repeatedly breathe in, you know, the infected droplets that are released into the air, like when someone coughs or sneezes. So. This may, you know, this this can't. This is how the disease is spread, but it's, uh, you know, it's kind of rare. Bacillus bacteria. Remember, there are over 200 species, and they are ever present in soil, water, and airborne dust. Now, with all that being said, with no medical background or training, I didn't talk to anyone. I had no medical discussion with anyone. Only with the Holy Spirit's guidance and diligently searching, researching this thing today. After last night's stream of this thing that I saw, that I embark on this information that I'm about to share with you. Bachelors, now check this out. Guess where it's found? As a natural flora, it's found in the intestines. Now I wouldn't know that. It is found in the intestines in the colon. The intestine that God has given to us serves an important you know serves as an important organ that helps to flush out the toxins from our body right but what happens when this vital important relevant human machine itself contracts a disease becomes sick and breaks down? The body is in trouble right that's what happens the anxiety body is in trouble now. In Numbers 12, beginning at verse 8, it reads, and this is God talking, I speak with him. He was talking about Moses, and he's, he's addressing Miriam and Aaron. He says, I speak with him face to face. I speak clearly and not in riddles. He sees my form. Why then were you unafraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord burned against them and he departed. Verse 10 says, as the cloud lifted from above the tent, suddenly Miriam became leprous, white as snow. Aaron turned toward her and saw that she was leprous. I believe that her punishment was greater because she was guiltier than Aaron, whom we will also dissect later in this message. However, she was the one who initially incited this gross thing. So the judgment declared for Miriam's critical spirit was the leprosy that appeared on her skin. The whiteness was a sign of rotting flesh, the byproduct of leprosy. What was hidden on the inside of Miriam, like leprosy stemming and rotting from the inside, had now become evident on the outside. And as a result of this sin, Miriam like anyone else who who, you know, will become contaminated with leprosy had to face the standard procedure of being put outside the camp. She is now ritually ritually unclean and separated from God's people, separated from her family, and separated from God. In this scene, we can see that Miriam's life serves as a type of the lost sinner, separated by the sting of sin and its consequences, alienated from God, from his people, from righteousness, from eternal life. This, my friend, is the consequences that sin brings upon our lives. Sin has the potential to spread and contaminate Like an infectious disease. In this short teaching, we've talked about physical leprosy and how it lives, what it affects, and how it can spread. Now, how does all this connect to us as believers? Spiritual leprosy is a rampant, vicious disease that is flowing in the body of of our Lord. It is living and parading in our churches today without regard. The spirit of leprosy consumes and destroys the body from the inside out. It rocks vital parts, causes spiritual blindness, among other things. And God is saying, kill it. Ladies and gentlemen, saints of the Most High God, you're not going to like me because I have to close this teaching right here. And continue next week in Part 3 of a leprous and lofty conversation. The vindication and the verdict once again father i have delivered your word to your people i have obeyed your voice now lord sanctify them through your truth three truth, for thy word is true i don't ever want to close this program without extending an invitation to pray for anyone who does not know yeshua you may know him as jesus John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Friend, tomorrow is not promised to you, it's not promised to me. And like many, we are all looking and waiting for the return of our Lord. I want you to know that God does have a plan for your life. The Father does love you. But it is our sins, our rebellion against God and His Word that will keep us separated from Him. But Yeshua is calling you. He is saying, Come, come all who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For I am the door to the Father. No man can come to the Father except they come through me. The Bible says you must be born again. Repent and be baptized for the remissions of your sins. Salvation, forgiveness of sins, eternal life, all of this is a gift, and it is made available to anyone who repents, believes, and confesses that Yeshua is Lord and that he died and rose from the dead to save mankind. This gift cannot be earned or bought by simply being good. It is a matter of faith and trust and a loving Savior, amen. If you would like to receive Yeshua into your heart, please pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of your Son, Yeshua. Your word says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord and is baptized shall be saved. I am calling on you right here and right now. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Wash and cleanse me in your blood I ask you to come into my heart to be Lord over my life, and according to your word, I now confess with my mouth the Lord Yeshua and believe in my heart that you have raised him from the dead. I confess and declare that Yeshua is Lord of my life. I thank you for the gift of salvation through the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross, and by faith, I now receive this gift of eternal life. In Yeshua's name, I am saved. Amen and amen. If you have prayed this prayer with your whole heart, I want you, I want to welcome you into the family of God. This is the beginning of a new journey, a new you. God has now redirected your ship of life where you will need discipleship. You need to be baptized and fellowship with other believers so you can grow and learn more about God and his word. We would love to connect with you. If you don't have a home church and you live in the Grayson County, North Texas region, I recommend to you God's House of Faith and Worship Center located at 320 North Travis Street in Denison, Texas, and where Dwight Thomas is senior pastor. This is a biblically sound and thriving ministry that I love and I trust. Please use the contact links on our social media pages or website to let us know your testimony and how this ministry has influenced your life. To learn more, please visit www.nardergoodson.com. Thank you for tuning in to Narder Goodson Ministries Teaching Broadcast. I am Narder Goodson, your host. Be sure to tune in next week, same time, same place, for another powerful, life-changing, burden-removing, yoke-destroying, anointed word of God, where Yeshua is Lord, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Shalom.